Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The following program is presented by the Nerdy Show Podcast Network. Geeky programming for all nerds across the multiverse. All Nerdy Show programming is made possible by A Comic Shop, Orlando's number one comic shop and nerd destination, and with the generous support of listeners like you. For more Nerdy Show podcasts, community forums, and learn how you can support this and other Nerdy Show programming, visit nerdyshow.com. I'm Robert Venditti, the writer of Exo Man of War and Green Lantern, and you're listening to Nerdy Show. Nerdy Show, a weekly podcast dedicated to every facet of nerddom, from comics and video games to science and technology. If it's geeky, we've got it covered. Hi, I'm Cap. I'm Brandon. I'm Colin. Hi, I'm Matt. And this is the last day of E3. Yes, it's day three of E3. And uh, we saw some things and we did some stuff. We saw some videos for uh, Batman and uh, Mortal Kombat, some closed door video stuff. We, um, we talked with Deep Silver about Dead Island 2. Um, played some Nintendo games, but hey, that's just the tip of the iceberg. So it's just a tip. Tip of the dickberg. Tip of the dickberg. Um, if you haven't checked out our videos, well, uh, we've got a whole bunch. <laughs> Scrooge McDick lives in Dickburg. Dickburg, like just adjacent to Duckburg. <laughs> it's Scrooge McDick. <laughs> anyway, I, wow, what the hell just happened? I'm not, I, <laughs> um, yeah, that's, right. oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I'm not cutting that out. I'm just cutting this out right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, are you editing this? Uh, am I? I don't. Yeah, are you? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Okay, guys. Okay. Uh, so, what did we do today? What did we do today? Well, first thing we did in the morning was go to CD Projekt Red. Oh, uh, yeah, that happened. Yeah. Yeah. For The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt. So, last year we saw a closed-door thing with CD Projekt Red about The Witcher. Now The Witcher finally has a release date. It's coming out early 2015, and uh, there's even more of The Witcher to see. Now every, Now more people are starting to get the idea of the shit we saw last year that blew our minds. It was easily the greatest thing that we saw at last year's E3. So They showed us a 45-minute gameplay demo. Yeah, um, with, with, it was essentially like just a long series of quests. Of quests, and but but they showed how diverse and big like the city was, and no loading and no invisible barriers, and just everyone having their own cycle of movement. There's just so many people and so many buildings; it's ridiculous. Um, they showed just how large the landscape was. They didn't give us terms and measurements, but they're like, if you gallop at full ride. It'll take you 20 minutes to go over here, so we're going to fast travel. And, yeah. and everything you see in the distance, we're like 14 times farther than where we just were. Yeah, no, it was a, yeah, it was just this, they, they, they pull out the map, and then they pull out even further, and then they pull out even further, and they're like, yeah, what that guy told you of where you need to go, yeah, that's right down here. So it was just like, shit, this place is fucking massive. 
And it is. And the music was really good too. I don't think we touched too much on the music last time, but um, I don't even know if the music was ready last time. But it, and I don't, I don't know what kind of music it was, but but I absolutely loved it. And it was really well done and orchestrated. So yeah, it ended up we we went to a a swamp where we had to find where the ashen haired woman. We were chasing the ashen haired woman, aren't we all? Yes, that's true. <laughs> and uh, and then where we found a godling kid who had lost uh, lost his voice. Oh, named Johnny. Oh, yeah, they introduced godlings. Yes, which, which are really cool. Yeah, and then uh, we had we climbed up a mountain, fought some harpies with a crossbow, and then came down the mountain in a different way because apparently you can anywhere that you can see, you can go. One of the main things of this game is that anywhere you can see mm. in the distance, be it up a mountain, be it across the ocean, you can go. Oh, you even, can, you even can swim. The, even the sun and the stars and the sky and the moon. You they say you will get a space you can shuttle. Go. Yeah. But um, right. yeah, they, they did a lot on horseback and they, they didn't unfortunately pull a mat spill, which is where you ride into town on your horse, shoot your horse in your head and then fall <laughs> off to make a grand entrance <laughs> and then just get a new horse. That's a Red Dead Redemption pro tip there, kids. You want to make an entrance, shoot your horse in the head while you're riding. It's, and then it's and legal. roll right off the horse. <laughs> it's, it's legal. Afterwards, anyway, Kappa went to Nintendo yeah. to check out some stuff that I never got to. Well, yeah, but then you checked out some Nintendo stuff too. This yeah, is this is where it. we'll talk about the Nintendo stuff. I, I played. Um, they had they had both Smash Brothers on display. Uh, Smash Brothers for Wii U was in high demand for people to try out, and surprisingly, Smash Brothers for 3DS uh, less crowds, even though that's the one that's coming out first. Um, so I uh, I tried that out. I tried that out for a little bit. It was um, you know it was it's exactly what it looks like. The graphics are different. They're you know, they can't hold a candle to the, the high-end sparkle of what Wii U offers by comparison. But the 3D is fun. It's just, you know, it, it is what it is. It's very straightforward. Personally, I didn't love the uh, the button layout, but I know that's something that's extremely customizable in Smash Brothers, though it wasn't in the demo. I played as the Wii Fit Trainer, and uh, she was all right. I think there might be a chance that Jigglypuff is not in this game because Wii Fit Trainer's special uh, Smash is Jigglypuff's. Uh, Which is like she basically, it, it, I, I never, I never executed it well. But with Jigglypuff, Jigglypuff, if you do the special attack, she'll fall asleep suddenly, and you have to make sure that when she falls asleep, whether you're in the air or next, standing next to someone, it happens. Well, it has to happen next to somebody. That's how they use like a very powerful attack. We Fit Trainer, same deal. Like she, she suddenly will fall asleep. Or something like Why that. Why would the fit just is like? How do they explain that? Is she narcoleptic, it, or she's so tired? She on, it, the, the, the she's bat- working out so hard, she has to fall asleep. The battle was so fast paced, and it was a uh, it was a four on four live player battle that um, that I, honestly I'm not sure what it represented. It may have been some kind of like tai chi or one of the the focus or meditation elements of We Fit uh, because everything she did was somehow representative of We Fit. But uh, that's that was that my experience is very very cut and dry. It seems. You know, it's it's Smash Brothers. It's portable, and uh, I don't see any reason that you wouldn't want to have this game in your, you know, in your 3DS when you're going to a convention because you can, you know, probably battle people all the goddamn time. Why wouldn't you? Uh, and then, of course, whatever features come with the uh, amiibo when they they there's an amiibo uh, the fi- the amiibo Nintendo figurines that we talked about in a previous episode. There there is a um, peripheral that's going to come out for the um, 3DS that will connect via infrared. And let you use the uh, uh, figurines. 
So, um, <laughs> I caught you uh, playing Project Giant Robot, and I, I don't know anything about that, actually. It looked really neat, but I don't know a damn thing about it. This was some of the shit that I was the most curious about at the entire Nintendo booth, because it was very strange. There was two games tucked away in the back, both designed by Shigeru Miyamoto, and it, uh, and they were both, they both had ambiguous names. It was Project Guard and Project Giant Robot. Project Giant Robot, I should say, neither of these games were particularly polished. None of them lived up to the, like, the, the graphics of the Wii U. They simply seemed like they were proof of concepts. Um, Project Giant Robot, you could design a giant robot. All the pieces of the robot were completely um, customizable. You cycle through them, you can expand them and warp them, uh, and then you enter basically a city sumo arena and battle these other robots that are made out of, like, all kinds of weird garbage, like skyscraper parts and Russian nesting dolls and, huh. um... What? <laughs> okay. Blocks of wood. <laughs> um, and the controls were super strange. You hold up the Wii U um, controller, and the thumbsticks, the left and right thumbsticks, both represented an arm. So you'd extend the arm, and then you'd lean into it. Like, so you'd lead. It would actually... It was easy to pick up. It felt surprisingly natural but the movements of the robot um were very very clunky the, the way you move forward in the robot is you tap the um the right trigger and like there's reverse and there's move forward and then the direction is guided somewhat by the tilt of the accelerometer and the controller so it kind of worked for the giant robot thing because they moved sluggishly but it was a very awkward movement like the, the pace of the game was super slow and you just kind of like clobber your slow ass robo hoof into some kind of like mess of garbage that was coming at you, and if you did it well enough, it would explode or fall down. Um, however, those I, it, if this giant robot game turns into a full fledged giant robot game, I would be very suspicious of it because I don't think this played well enough, honestly. But if you took those same punching controls and may, managed to make them just like a little bit more responsive or something, I could see it being an incredible fucking punch out game. Mm. Similarly, Project Guard. It's that was a, interesting. That was interesting. Um, we have a, we're gonna have a, a video where you're gonna be able to see this for yourself, but it may actually be part of the new Star Fox game. It is a, it essentially puts you as the guy behind all the security cameras in the mall. There were like um, there were like twelve cameras on the screen, and you had access to all of them. And basically, yeah. I, what it looked like is you were. There were these robots coming in to destroy some sort of, like, power core, and you had to switch to different cameras and shoot them with different defense. Yeah, it, it's, it's sort of a labyrinth at the center of which is a power core, and there's 12 cameras situated throughout. You can actually move the position of the cameras before the game starts. Oh, okay. And um, the, on the television screen, there's all these 12 screens all around you. But then on the, um, on the touchpad, there's the map of the, the facility, and you can tap the different cameras to get to them and then fire lasers uh, using in the, on the TV screen, there's one the the one that you have basically brought up on your HUD the the, the camera feed is in the center. So you use that to aim and, and shoot and uh, and blow up the robots as they as they invade. On if you get a look at the top of one of these cameras, there's a Star Fox logo. Yeah, Cap pointing this out to me. He's like, "Hey, did you do you see that on top of the camera? There's a fucking Star Fox logo. It's like the, the symbol on the side of the Great Fox, the fox with wings. It's right there." And you ask you ask someone working there, like, "What's the deal with that?" Yeah, and they say he said, "Well, um, I can't tell you." So <laughs> it's going to be used to develop something in Star Fox. It, it's possible that this is either an element of whatever happens in story mode, or more likely because. Um, 
uh, the thing about all the screens is it's a hard game. It's a really hard game. And what they were and what they were encouraging cool. people to do was they when people were waiting in line, they had everybody shout and tell them like, "Quick, camera twelve, camera nine, they're coming into camera nine. Shit, watch camera eight. Like this is something they were encouraging to do. Like, so it you seems need like someone it, in the room with you just telling right, you, like, hey, hey, this camera. It's more likely a multiplayer game that requires people's eyes rather than their hands. Interesting. Um, so then, then we all decided to play a game together yes. called Splatoon. Yeah, we mentioned Splatoon in uh, the last ep. No, but a couple episodes ago. But this time we actually played it. Yeah. How was it? Uh, it was good, man. Uh, it it's exactly what it looked like. It looked like a fun multiplayer kind of paintball mode thing where you're a kid who also turns into a squid and you can swim through the paint. And it was actually like it was surprisingly simple, but a little bit complex as well because you're, you're constantly you can only you know move certain ways in the ink and, and that's a factor and you can jump to other places but this felt like an old school n64 multiplayer game and it was incredibly fun yeah it's got layers you know like it's not just a game where you like shoot and destroy the other team which you do but you have to uh you have to paint the floor with your ink and gain you know gain ground and then and then that also provides a tactical advantage because you're a squid that can swim in that ink and you need to regain ink by Turning bus, into a turning into swim and getting into the so ink. So it's like the 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 ink is your resource and it's also your like percentage of control on the board. It it's very, very clever, like how, how it works out. Um Yeah, it was cool. I mean like the only thing about the only thing about this game and we asked if whether or not there was going to be a single player story or if this was it or what what that situation was and they couldn't tell us anything because they actually just didn't know. Um, and this is a very late addition to E3. Yeah. Um, however, um, I do have to say that based on the graphics and based on what it is and the replayability and all that kind of stuff, it's a really fun, you know, get with their friends and just have a really good time kind of multiplayer game, but it's not a game that I would necessarily buy in its current situation. I mean, I mean obviously there's that would more be, to it. Well, maybe, uh, maybe. I mean, yeah, sure, more maps and all that kind of stuff, but I don't I mean, I don't know where a single player would play into this. Maybe it, it well, would. I think it, I think it's literally just multiplayer. It, they yeah. Said. If it came as is, it would be an amazing download game and you know, not like a $50 dollar like title an Xbox or whatever. Live or I mean, I'd pay like maybe if it was 20 bucks, I might be like, "Ah, I don't know." But if it was Still like shaking 10, 15, <laughs> if it was like 10, 15 dollars, I'd be all about it. Yeah. Uh, and there's a chance that a very good chance that it could be a download game because uh, Wii U is kind of all about that, you know. Yeah. Like you can just, I mean, just like any major system now, but you can you can download games as soon as they their release date hits. So um, Nintendo has been really pushing some very clever download exclusive content uh, like the NES Remix and so on. So it could happen. Time will tell. <laughs> So I got a chance to watch Hyrule Warriors a lot anyway. I didn't get to play it, ran out of time. Um, E3 was very hectic today um, with time constraints. But it looked like a Dynasty Warrior game, sorry, Dynasty Warriors game, you know, with Zelda characters. We've already discussed that. But upfront and, you know, personal with it, it looked incredible. It looked like the Zelda game I always wanted because you have these vast open environments, you have bases, you have armies, you have main bosses wandering around fucking shit up. You have... Uh, something Cass said, you have Princess Zelda like going out for the first time with a sword and leading an army of men. That's what she should be fucking doing. She's like, leading an she's army like, to yeah. take over bases being attacked Swar- by the enemy. Swarms of human hype or whatever Hylian soldiers yeah. uh, defending against you, goblin you, hordes. You don't see that. You've never seen that in and Zelda. And it's, it's done well. It's not just like, hey, it's Dynasty Warriors and we threw over Zelda skins. Well, it's kind of like that. <laughs> but all of the characters have really, really unique moves that you'll notice 
from all of the previous games you played. Like, Zelda will have light arrows, and she'll have that magical Triforce triangle move that you may have seen her in at the end of, like, one of the games. And it's it's just, you'll see things from all the other games in it. There's giant Dodongos and all sorts of enemies. And, uh, you know, Dynasty Warriors aesthetic never really appealed to me, but the aesthetics of Hyrule do. Like, even the treasure chests and the way, like, the bases and castles look are, are specifically Zelda. Yeah. And, uh, for what it's worth, I actually played, uh, Sonic Boom for the 3DS for a moment. That was interesting. Sonic Boom! It's a, it's a new Sonic game based on the Sonic television series that they've either started or are gonna start, and it's, um... Uh, it, it's, you know, the, the problem with the problem with modern Sonic games is it's not about Sonic running fast and just doing stuff and trying to make snap-second decisions. However, this game is interesting because it has um, an added me- uh, a mechanic that's different. It, it's intentionally not about Sonic just running everywhere. You swap between four characters. Sonic, Tails, Knuckles, and this new uh, Badger Girl character who has a boomerang. And, uh, and it, it was, it was a neat platformer in that regard because you're hot swapping characters all the time to overcome different sorts of obstacles. However, it's also kind of nonsensical and dumb because after, you know, going through a level for a while, eventually I got to this, like, uh, I don't, I don't know, I don't know what it was. It was some kind of container filled with water and I had to use this power up that Tails had inexplicably, which is, oh, all of a sudden it's a submarine game. It was a platformer in a jungle. Now I'm in a submarine. Now I got to navigate this uh, underwater maze in a limited amount of time and use sonar to find where the item is that I need to get and then get back out of the thing. It was was like, there any explanation or maybe it's just part of the demo? I'm, sh- there, I'm sure there is, but I'm sure it's not good. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, that's, That sounds really dumb. Yeah. Man. So it, on the one part, on the one hand, it was neat. On the other hand, they screwed up. Here's the thing. Every <laughs> Typical s- Sonic game Every Sonic these days. game, they add a fucking gimmick. All I want out of a Sonic game is to run really fast. I don't want a fucking targeting system. I don't want to turn into a werewolf. I don't want a sword. I just want to run really fast nonstop with normal fucking music, make it a goddamn side-scroller, make it amazing, make it super fast. I just, like, they, they keep adding a gimmick, like, whoa, you might want him to transform. I want another character with a gun. We might want... Uh, this stupid thing. No, I just want a really fast Sonic, and they don't do it anymore. Ever. And they're never gonna. Anyway, moving on. What what else did we see? Brandon, you, you, you saw some cool stuff. You guys went to, um... We went to, um, 310 Studios to talk with the, the creator and co-founder of it, who also created Adrift. Um, Adrift with a one for an eye. Yeah, Adrift... A was a game, well, I guess it's an ex- he's calling it an FPX, uh, first person experience. Uh-huh. And it's it's the game I think we vaguely talked about where you're basically an astronaut stranded in space and you I think you, you lose your memory and you're not sure what's going on and you're trying to figure out what's happened and how to get home. And we have a pretty good interview with the creator that you should definitely listen to and we'll link to that as well. Uh, when when we can, you yeah. should go to nerdyshow.com slash e three twenty fourteen to see all of our videos. By the time when this episode launches, it won't be available. It will be available soon afterwards. It it what I can tell you is it's it's a very um it it uses the Oculus. They said they will have a version without it, but while you know once I use the Oculus and headphones, I don't want another version without it. Like playing that game on a TV is so much different than having it right in your face and in your ears. Yeah, a much different experience. Very disorienting. I felt like I was in space for a second. Like when I when I started getting into the game and forgetting I was in a room, 
like I was like, oh shit, wait, I'm in a room still, not floating next to the earth well, or staring at the sun. Uh, Brandon, I wasn't here for this. Can you explain this to me? And like, uh, what? How did oh. it start? What was the experience like? I, I, I'm well, not... it was a very short technical demo. There was no gameplay. He said it's basically you're just you're just looking at the environments for now. Uh-huh. So what it is was essentially you move and control with the um the the you know the thumbstick or whatever you're using, and you you look around and it kind of aims you. And basically, you're floating through these environments of hatchways, and there's holes in the walls, and you can see out into space. And you'll come out of this pod, and you're just drifting in space. You're just like, you look to the right, and there's the Earth right in front of you. You look to the left, and there's nothing but stars. And in front of you, there's little glimmers of, like, broken pieces of satellites. And you're just like, I'm going to go to this one and see what's there. And I kind of float, and there's just, like, there's just things on the inside. And I finally get to it, and there's just, like, debris and shit, and you're, and you're going in. And basically what... The technical demo was from getting one side of this space area to um, a device on the other. Uh-huh. There wasn't much more to that, but it was the you know the two minutes I played of it was absolutely brilliant. And for the creator, this was a very 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 personal, personal game yeah. for him. Um, which, like I said, you can check out on the interview. I don't have you know the details with me, but you should definitely watch that. Yeah, no, he he went through a personal event uh, in his life last year that caused, and he's then. That allowed him to, and the things that he went through and the things that he did in order to um, either make amends or whatever. He didn't go into specifics of what happened, but this game is kind of like a catharsis for that situation that he went through. It's it's hard for me, based on what you've said, to... to (laughs) Not believe that that situation was simply he went to go see gravity. No, no, no. We, 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 really okay. good. We, he's been getting that question all day, every day. And we yeah. asked him about it, and he's like, "It's nothing like gravity." But he's like, he's like, he heard about gravity, and then he went to like, and he was like, "Oh God damn it!" But then he saw, it and he's like, "Oh, it's okay. This is absolutely nothing like gravity. This is an experience unto itself." Yeah. You know, gravity is like an action movie, he's trying to get home, and all this shit. But this is completely different. Yeah, he doesn't want to necessarily... And he's been developing this for years before everyone even knew about it. Yeah, gravity. well, not years. He, he, he developed At it. least two. Yeah, and, but he, um, he did say that... Uh, I asked him if it would be similar to experiences like Flower or Journey or something of that nature where it's the, the experience of going through the game is the whole point of it. It's not necessarily... And those are some of my favorite games. Yeah, it's not necessarily, like, difficult mechanics or anything like that, really difficult puzzles. It's about the experience and the journey of that of those games. Um, and he doesn't necessarily want to equate it to those games, but he said, in terms of games that already exist, that would be the closest to what he's going towards. Um, there, there's missed elements where there's puzzles and trying to figure things out and where things go and how to get certain things to other places and so on. Um, but it's all the quest of trying to get home and trying to be safe. And, and honestly, like just the vastness of space that you're in when you feel like you're in it is just kind of overwhelming it sometimes. Yeah. So it's, it's, yeah. Yeah. And he said that there's, there's no enemies. There's no there's bullets. No, there's no there's guns. There's no guns. There's no violence. It's, it's, there's no violence. It's, it's just, you. it's just you and the mm. environment. So it, it seems really cool. So it, it sounds like. For whatever reason, maybe the simplicity of it, the Oculus is ushering in a, uh, a an, an era of mist-like games, which we haven't had many well, of for yeah. a very he long time. He said he didn't intend, like, it was never really, he doesn't want people to have to go out and buy new hardware for this. It wasn't purposely intended to be, like, an Oculus thing, it just but adds it works something really awesome. well with It's it. a huge bonus. But he wants people to experience it regardless of whether or not they can get an Oculus. What or for, Morpheus. What version of Oculus did you guys use? The one that was not the brand new experimental one. Okay. What's interesting about the we 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 tried out the game the assembly yesterday. 
that was on uh, a headset that we couldn't take pictures of. There are pictures of me yeah. in a headset that you may have seen on Facebook or Twitter. Uh, that's that was posed. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, that was that was me in the old one. Well, it didn't. It seemed like they didn't even realize there was a newer version downstairs. Because I like, actually, oh. I asked. I said, "Can yeah. I take pictures of this one?" And they said, "Yeah, yeah I don't know why not." So it might be the new one that they just don't know. Um, so who knows? Well, well they I'm, look the same. No, they don't. Um, here's why: uh, the, the 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 front is smaller, uh-huh. um, but the uh, the other one. I, 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 you remember, Colin, I was saying, man, it's so disorienting. You put this on and it blocks everything out. I can't see what's going on around me. Right. The experimental version from yesterday, it had black tape over the front of it. I'm pretty sure there was a camera there. I'm pretty sure that the new Oculus that they haven't shown yet has a forward-facing camera so you won't experience disorientation when you're trying to like move around your house or whatever with the, with the helmet ah, on. Ah, cool. And that could also be used for uh, applications for like AR stuff. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think I think that's what the next document. Well, it is. would it would need a camera to do AR, AR stuff, so that's that's only logical. Yeah. Well, I know, but I mean, like that's yeah. You know, I that's wanted cool. to mention that yesterday, but I completely forgot. But that's yeah. cool. So, we did now. I went over to uh, Obsidian and my.com's uh, MMO area where they're showing off a couple things. But what I looked at that seemed most relevant to all of our interests was a new MMO they're developing called Skyforge. Best I can describe it. A Western version of Final Fantasy. It's a sci-fi fantasy, but not but all the all the tropes of the the visual design of Final Fantasy that at this point I've become exhausted like with belts everywhere, like belts everywhere, and just the general like like look and color palette and angles and everything. This is like uh, Firefly. No, no, it's not. It, it's it's because it because it's fantasy. Firefly's uh, sci-fi Western, and this is this is sci-fi fantasy. So you'll see dudes with big swords. You'll also see dudes with laser chain guns. and Like Fantasy Star Online? Right, but not like that either. Okay. Um, this, this is something that has, it has way more truly fantasy elements than Fantasy Star did, but then also complemented by a lot of sci-fi like, so technology. So like fairies and dragons, but my sword is glowing and has chains well, on it. Kind of. Let me put it this way. We were, we were going through this gorgeous like swamp environment. We were fighting goblins. Um... There's uh you, you you have it you can have a chain gun you can have ice magic powers um you can slide around on on the ice and, and to move forward faster and use all these kind of like techniques to like you know spear people on icicles and or blast people Rambo style with this rail with this rail gun thing and uh, and you're but then you're also fighting like naiads um these like uh, Cthulhu mermaid kind of tentacle things and I'm interested like, in that. the design of this game is great. It, it's a western it's like all the concepts from Final Fantasy that same balance of fantasy and science fiction that they have like if you were to turn the amounts of science fiction and fantasy and Final Fantasy into percentiles it's the same but the look is completely different and I think in this day and age way more appealing is it executed well? visually yeah as far as the gameplay, it, it played fine. They had they had a couple tech difficulties when I was there with the with the tower overheating. Uh, first time it happened during the show, so I hear. Uh, and uh, but but as far as like the, the gameplay itself, it's an it's an action MMO, so it's not like you hit somebody and wait for them to hit you. It's uh, very very action oriented, and I who don't play MMOs at all was actually really impressed by it. Um, left and right click, scroll wheel. Um, yeah, the the standard you know walking buttons and then uh, one two and three to switch to uh, to different um, forms of attack or weaponry and it worked really really well. I picked it up like nothing and like I said, I don't normally do that kind of thing. Best I do is Minecraft, you know. Uh, so 
it also lets you does not confine you to a class. As long as you're not in the middle of a battle, you can swap your class to another thing so long as you've unlocked it. Yay! Uh, I like games that do that. It's uh and and the whole object of the game is that you play as an immortal looking to ascend to godhood. And even after you've achieved godhood in this game, it's, it's just like real life. It's not just that you have like special loot or whatever and that, like you're designated as that, but you'll actually the game itself sort of changes. You'll have followers who do things for you kind of like the people you pick up in assassin's creed and this 3. is online it's, yes this is online and That's uh cool. and no, these aren't real people these are but these these are npc characters that go out and kind but of other people will see that you've ascended yes. to god yes and then and that will give you a different social standing within the game itself so it seems very well thought out and certainly very beautiful is it um being released anytime soon or is it still like beta alpha uh i forget what stage but it's definitely it's, it's either alpha or pre-alpha i think okay. it's alpha and uh it's coming out maybe next year. Okay, cool. Well, I'll have to check it out when we when we learn more because it sounds interesting. But I, like I said, I haven't seen it. Know nothing about it besides what I just heard from you. Yeah, um, we went over and we uh, we met up with Little Orbit, who have taken over the Adventure Time uh, gaming rights or whatever. In the past, it's been D three. Uh, hey, Ice King, why'd you steal our garbage? Was a great game inspired by uh, uh, Zelda Two: Link's Quest. And then it was followed up with a, uh, a dungeon crawler game that I played at uh, San Diego Comic-Con last year. It didn't like. It was kind of repetitive and super boring, and I didn't like Diablo anyway. Um, not a sl- not a sl- uh, Diablo's fine. I just, don't, I just don't particularly care for dungeon crawlers. Um, it turns out they went out of business. Yeah. They, they, went, they went stone broke. So uh, they don't even know where they are anymore. Uh, they, yeah, so they've been dissolved, and the rights went over to Little Orbit, who, if you guys remember, actually are responsible for the Young Justice game. Now that game didn't get great reviews, um, but uh, didn't get terrible reviews. But didn't get great it, it reviews. got some terrible reviews. <laughs> it got it got some genuinely terrible reviews, uh, and more on that in just, just a sec. But uh, they they talked with Pendleton Ward, and uh, he said, "Look, let's just make a Zelda game. All I've ever wanted this whole time was a quintessential top-down Zelda game of Adventure Time. Can we can we do that?" Well, he said he wanted Link to the Past. Awesome. Yeah. And it looks like Link to the Past, like this the entering rooms and it just looks so great. It moves it moves so much like Link to the Past. Like and it plays so much like Link to the Past. It almost if you didn't tell me otherwise, it could very well look like it was a mod of a Link to the Past. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. You know, what? you know what? I'm fine with that. Yeah. It could very well just be a mod, and I'm fine with an Adventure Time mod for Link Like, to he the had past. a banana boomerang that stunned enemies. He had a... You know, like, dynamite uh, instead of bombs. Yeah, dynamite. And then there was Jake a... Jake was uh, his shield. Yeah, Jake. But Jake, like, would spin around, like, with his giant fist. And, like, slap That people. would uh, slap things back, like, enemies' um, uh, energy blast back at them similar to what what you would do with the master sword and stuff like that or or the uh uh uh, bug catcher's net depending on your choice uh so yeah um (laughs) but it was uh it looked really cool you played it yeah i I played it it was it was from what i played it was it was smooth it was simple it was just like zelda uh interesting note it actually takes place in a very specific moment in time for adventure time continuity it's when finn has his grass sword that's attached to his arm um so so recent yeah, so so it's within it's within the last year's worth of Adventure Time continuity prior to the big thing that happens. Um, if you are watching, you'll know what that is, but it's something that's been foreshadowed for a very long time that was super serious. Um, and uh, so you know he's got the the grass wrapped around his wrist. He wants to slice somebody with the enemy. Whip! The sword comes out, kills the enemy. Very cool. 
And uh, there's a whole new roster of characters. It's all about. Um, it's called the Secret of the Unknown Kingdom or the Nameless of the, yeah, the Nameless it had Kingdom. A very long, okay, it's called the Secret of the, the Nameless, Nameless kingdom. kingdom. Yeah. So there's a new kingdom. Princess Bubblegum has asked Finn to find to select the princess to run this new kingdom. And um, there are a number of new princess characters. There's new butlers, and, and and weirdly enough, new butlers. It's no not not just pet butt anymore. There's like we, ceramic butler and pillow mint butler. Yeah, <laughs> and and it, all this all these characters were. I guess the the premise was conceptualized by uh, Little Orbit, but then the you know the Adventure Time gang the studio they had to approve everything. They they not only approved it, but they they redesigned it. Like they they redesigned these characters to exist within the Adventure Time universe. So it's. It's very interesting. I don't know if we're going to see these, this crossover to the show at all, but at least it's been that you know that hands on. There's going to be voice acting, which is a first. Like that's huge. I don't. I mean, I think they had a, they had a little bit in the dungeon crawler, but oh yeah, because you clicked on one of the the plantain guards. Yeah, yeah not, not banana, banana guards, plantain, plantain guards, and, they, and it basically said like if this was the full version, we would we would all be uh, voice acting right now or have voiceover. So yeah, yeah, and we, we went nightmare princess, who was very cute. And, uh, yeah, it's cool. I'm, I'm looking forward to see what they're doing. It's actually coming out later this year. Uh, November, I believe. What, what system was it on? 3DS? Uh, it was, it's on everything. Right. It's, it's lots of, lots Oh, you know what? It wasn't on the next-gen systems, I think. I think it was on, like, PS3, Xbox 360, and, like, 3DS. Well, we've got a video where he, where he says all Yeah, there's stuff, an but, interview. But it, it's, it's coming out on 3DS. That's probably what I'll get. Now, Matt, you spent most of today trapped in a line. <laughs> I'm so... One of us. You took it. We well, took you it actually, for the team. You were in two lines today. You One spent of, time yeah. in two lines today. One of us had to wait in line for a very long time to play Evolve, and it was you. Yeah, one of us had to play. Because so, everyone's been talking so about I, this I, shit I, this year. I, I took it upon myself to wait through that line, which was deceptively like <laughs> short, because like there was only a couple people in line, but not realizing that this this arena kind of weird style game four versus one are actually. Potentially much longer bouts than you would think. How long did yours last? I, I guess. Well, <laughs> <laughs> let's let's give some context. In, for, in any case, whoever's listening to this hasn't heard the previous episodes. Yes. Evolve is a game done in the like in the the sort of premise of Left for Dead and in being a multiplayer game with a, a specific concept design, and it's all about hunting a monster for humans with various different techniques of of hunting different skill sets versus a monster controlled by a person. So explain yes. what you've learned about this game. What I've learned about this game is that is it's much more co-op strategy oriented than any other shooter that I've ever seen. As particularly in the the arena sense, it was almost like the the game was based on these like small matches of like uh, hit and run attacks, and then like you know after like a kind of a bigger battle, the monster would decide that oh my armor's down, so I should probably flee and then and rearmor up, and he has his methods by like. He devours the the local uh, wildlife on the planet, and uh, and he develops a, by doing so he develops skill points, and then he can level up. But by le- but leveling up, you have to to find a place where you can cocoon yourself so that because you're vulnerable while you're leveling, and then he can choose skill points and a skill tree and everything. And it usually takes like looks to be about fifteen seconds, and of course you come back more powerful with new powers. Do you get and, bigger? Uh, they they do physically alter a little bit. What I thought was cool was the way the uh, Turtle Rock Studios guys described it was you're not just a monster, you're a boss. Like you're a game boss. Like you're <laughs> you're attacks. I mean, you've got AOE attacks and, and and you have all these sorts of things that like a a boss character would would have and utilize and that sort of thing. So the hunters, meanwhile, they have to stick together. Like they have to be and and to. 
and they have to play their class. Like the assault was clear, the assault class was clearly the damage causing class, and there's a medic, and you know the medic's got you know kind of keep himself back a little bit, but at the same time he's the only one that can sort of like do an instant res and things like that. And there was no way that the four co-opt players were ever going to be able to defeat this monster working on their own. Just it's just not possible. And because of that. I don't ever think that this game will be a game where four strangers can get into a lobby room and not use headsets. I, I, I can't see how. Because the action's so intense and so upfront and everything's so strategically planned where when the monster does get an objective to destroy, this usually happens at the end of a round, to destroy like uh, an object in order to win the round that the the four human characters kind of turtled away and started to set up like all kinds of defensive measures around the the what was going to become the, the tiny arena at the end. So like it was it was super intense and and Major League Gaming was doing this thing with Twitch and they they live streamed while I was waiting in line two matches between um, certain game developers playing the game, uh, you know, the guys that developed uh, Evolve. The games were so intense that that crowds were gathering and then when the the monster would manage to to knock out the medic there would be like cheering and people were going crazy and i overheard people analyzing it like it was like a major sporting event where they were like oh you know why why do you think he he the support class is hiding right now like oh well he's trying to wait for his cloak ability to charge back up so he can uh, go invisible and and you know revive his guys without the monster seeing them and it was so like like i've never seen people talk about a game like that where Honestly, the most interesting part of the game was watching people play. And you've seen Major League Gaming do commentary. Yeah, and, and, and Major League Gaming is just so like, yeah, it's, it's easy to see what people are doing. It's easy to analyze strategy because it's really just, you know, oh, he ducked behind cover because he was getting shot. Or, you know, he, you know he's going on a, on a rampage and he's on a five kill streak. There's not much analysis there. But this game, like, everybody was getting really into what everybody was trying to do over the course of the game. I saw the, the Major League Gaming producer, like, he was there, and, and, and he's on his walkie-talkie, like, cut to the trapper, cut to the trapper, and it's like, oh, cut to the monster, cut to the monster, like, it was really, like, crazy intense, and, like, it makes for, like, a really good spectator game, which is something that I find FPS is very difficult to watch. Do you think they did play. that on purpose, like, design this game to be, like, a spectator sport, almost? Uh, you know, considering that it comes from, like, a Left for Dead background, like, maybe, because it, it, it is, you know, kind of this weird, like warped sense of an arena shooter and i think like it's like i think it'd be really cool to watch. now how the game play yes. so my game did not go well because our team did not know each other very well and we didn't know what we were doing and the monster ran around and we couldn't track him down i, I am concerned about balance in this game because i i worry about most video games usually you can end up exploiting the system to the point where you know what works and what doesn't work and the guy that played the monster just ran from us the entire game because the monster gets a head start and he does this thing and he was just leveling up you kept on seeing little messages like the monsters reached level two the monster has a cooldown uh power the monster has you know all these like bonuses he was acquiring and he just kept running from us and i don't know if the human hunters have the speed that if the monster just kept running that you'd be able to catch him in time because he was already the, at the last level before he even found us and then it took like six minutes and then the monster swooped in Killed our medic, like, right away, and, like, literally tanked, like, or he, 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 uh, camped the body, so we couldn't get to it and revive <laughs> him, and he just killed the other three of us, and game was over in, like, six minutes, and I, this was after watching, like, two 30-minute matches while I was waiting in line, 
Good job. So well, it's good like, job pulling your weight in that game. Yeah, so, like, and I was the last one on my team to die, so I'm happy about that. But You're just running the opposite way the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just curious if, if this will be a game that eventually will be easy to exploit. You know, just simply running away and powering yourself up. And then camping. And, the then, and then killing the medic. Like, it seems really easy. I mean, but on the flip, on the flip side, if you have a really good strategic team who's planting traps and, and you know, hiding and strategically placing themselves... It could be the other way around where you could kill the monster really It could be, but the thing is we were running after the monster because he kept on powering himself up, so we didn't want to leave him alone forever. He would have just come in as he ended up doing But he did have, level. he said they have, they have to take like 15 to 20 seconds to power up, so you, I guess at some point you could have maybe caught up while he was leveling. Yeah, it's true. Well, the, the, the trapper character, who's kind of the hunter, has a pet, and the pet picks up the scent, mm-hmm. and that's how you find them at first. The fucking pet occasionally would just lose the scent. And he just, like, start howling and looking around, and all of a sudden he's got the sense again, and he goes, you know? And occasionally, like, it'll say something like, monster scared birds, and it'll put it on your map on, like, where he scared birds. (laughs) So, like, you can kind of use that to track him on your own, but, like, it it would take some getting used to. I don't think think the demo hands-on at, like, a convention like this without, like, getting used to the game is a good environment to experience the game honestly the best way to experience that game was the way i did while i was in line which was watching good skilled players play the game does it have a single player no it's just a multiplayer game it's all four versus one that's the whole marketing behind the thing that's cool yeah now that that's this isn't the only mode they did say there's gonna be more modes they also said there's gonna be more hunters those four classes will always be the same but i think the different characters have different powers within that's my guess because they were they've only unveiled there'll be some sort of customizing and there's different monsters there's gonna be something like at launch there's gonna be three monsters 12 maps you pick a mon you know like the maps don't tie to the monster like you just pick a map and then you you can pick your monster and you know it's it's interesting it's gonna be it's gonna be a good game the 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 actual like physics of the game and everything was was fine just you know advanced shooter it was good do you know when it's going to release no. <laughs> I 20, 2015. Well, no, they have a date. I just don't know. So I don't remember either, but I think I think it's this year. I mean, I think it's far enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, think it, I think it's this year. Cool. Well, actually, one of the, the interesting things I thought was I didn't realize the background of this game was it was actually THQ. And it never got to... <laughs> really? Yeah, it never got to, uh, you know, obviously THQ filed for bankruptcy before this game came out. And honestly, like, with the amount of best of awards that were, like, nailed to that wall... It could have changed everything. would have completely changed the game for, for THQ, I feel. Wow. Yeah. That's rough. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Speaking of things that were, like, canceled and died, um, <laughs> uh, that reminds me, uh, Young Justice. I talked with one of the guys who designed the Young Justice game. He was bummed about, you know, like, what happened with the game and... And all that, and uh, says that just as an official word, guys. You know, Greg Weissman told us on the show a number of times if the um, if young Ju- if the Young Justice game did well enough, the series could continue via the game. They said the sales weren't bad, but they were not good enough. And currently, there's no consideration being given to a Young Justice game. As much as the people at um, Little Orbit like genuinely love that television show, and uh, we discussed for a while the um, you know the news that broke about what ultimately killed the TV series being the like the sexism of the marketing wasn't uh, it just developers. that girls liked the show that it, was it literally was, it it was it, it, uh, it had a high percentile of adults and women that liked the show 
and the people who were responsible for marketing it refused to branch out to those other markets. It had to be action figure sales, and so they killed the show. Like, um, literally, that is why the yeah, show ended. From, from, from Paul Dini, Paul Dini, Batman animated series creator, who is, like, executive of the of DC Animation, uh, said this in a, a podcast several months ago, and that's... that's uh, that's the word. So, so that they they, they were all really upset by it because they said they, they felt that 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 you know the cancellation obviously hurt the game. The fact that like there there wasn't a lot of support for Young Justice. So unfortunately, right now there is no future plans for Young Justice in any medium that anyone's aware of. <sighs> R.I.P. Again. <laughs> uh, well, uh, Deep Silver, Dead Island Two. Uh, well, actually, before that, I, st- I stumbled across this really interesting uh, game that's coming out for PC and, and mobile platforms called This War of Mine. Ah, uh, yes. I didn't see this, but you told me about this it. This was a, a... Man, like, I didn't expect to see this game, and it, it looked incredible. And essentially what it is, is there's a fictitious war going on, right? Um, not... It doesn't... There's no country. Um, it's just a war. And you're playing as the citizens trying to survive. And this game is also experience-based, where the creators really want to show the devastation of war. They, they're like, they want to show you what happens to the civilians when they get caught up in things they don't want to have to do. But what's really interesting is that the creators are Polish. And <laughs> they are like, you know, because, you know, the Ukrainian bullshit is they're like... They're like, this happens right next door. It's, it's not right funny. next door. So they're like, this is not... War is not fun. Yeah, they're like, this isn't... Yeah, There's like, nothing about war that's fun. They're like, yes, this is a sad game, but there are happy moments in it too, so yeah. Yeah, but like, but they're basically just like, they're, you know, shooters <laughs> and all that kind of stuff that glorify war and make war a really fun experience. It's not like that. Because we're living right next to it, and those people are not experiencing those things. This is news to me that war is not fun. Yeah. yeah, you're, yeah. You're, 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 yeah. Tell that to wargaming.net. <laughs> <laughs> Video games is always... Oh, man. Yeah. I, I think, that, I think that's really game. cool, but like that sounds so conceptual, I don't know how they pull okay, up. Okay, well, what kind of game is this? Essentially what it is, it's a survival game. The only is it but- third person? No, well, I, I don't know how to describe it. It's kind of 3D side... It's like if you took The Sims and flipped it to a, a side-scrolling uh, thing. Yeah, I mean, like, what you... Okay, so what you were presented with was a house... Um, and the house was, a, and you could see all of the levels of the house, like all of the and there were floors of the house. It was like a, a makeshift shelter that everyone was like, these three people were like gathering that they found, and hiding. Yeah, that they, they, they found this, you know, large story house. Stylistically, really nice. Yeah. I, I don't know how the words to describe it's in it. Black, it's in black and white and, um, you know, and they... No, there was color. Well, it was very, but it was very minimal color. Oh, like there were light, lights of light yeah. and grays. And, and um, but the characters moved to the different rooms just with point and click and they could search those rooms to see if there was any kind of scavengeables or anything like that that they could find um but the uh it's it's a very difficult thing well, to let describe. me let me see how it starts then okay i'll start over but it's a small it's like a small kind of like a tactical view of what this house is okay essentially the whole point of the game is to survive there's one button when you start the game it says survive in the menu. You click on it and the game begins. Now, every time you do that, it's procedurally generated. You have no idea how many days the war is going to last. They said it could be seven days. It could be a hundred days. Every time it's different. <laughs> also, every single wow. character you get or find or start with is completely different too. You may have a, a character that's really good at cooking because eating is a, is a big part of this game and trading too. So you may have a character that's really good in cooking but who's also really empathetic, so you don't want to send them out to scavenge because if you have to do something bad, 
he's not going to be able to deal with it psychologically. Now, if you have another guy, so there was in part of the demo he showed me, <laughs> they sent a guy wow. out who was kind of sensitive to, and they, you can only go out at night because during the day you're a fucking target during a war. And there is temperature mechanics and you will need to build fires in your house if it gets too cold and, you know, food and bedding and there's sleep meters and all that shit. But basically you have to go out at night, you'll send one of your guys and he came across this old couple. Now, one of the people he was staying with in the shelter was sick and so he wanted to look for medicine. Now, he decided to show me what happens when you're dick. You can be nice to these people, you can trade, but he killed them and took the medicine from these elderly couple. And when he brought the medicine back and helped his friend, he, the character was like, I can't believe I just did that. Like, how am I supposed to live with myself? The look in his eyes. And he just, he would wander around in circles and keep spouting this stuff. And then his meter, like, it said that he started to get sad. And the cook, who was really empathetic, it affected him because he felt from like, I can't believe he had to do that. And he started getting sad too. And so you can get severe depression where your character will stop scavenging and looking at things, just sit in a corner bawling and having to deal with what's going on around him. Now, on the upside, you could always get a character that's really strong um, and just doesn't give a shit about hurting people. And it's always, they emphasize trying not to be dicks, but if you have to, it's war. You can't trust anyone. You need to survive and take care of your own. He was trying to emphasize that. Yeah, it's not fun for anyone. One of the really interesting things that the creator uh, that we spoke to said was that um, no, when it's war, nobody's a good guy. Um, because when you're surviving, you might have to come across a situation that will allow you to save your children, but will harm another human being. Like, he was very serious about this game. Yeah, and um, he also said that it's a very it's a very interesting storytelling mechanic because there's no um, there is you create the narrative. You like are what the you narrative. do, and the, the good or bad choices, and the psychological trauma that you're bringing to the character. And you can recruit other characters if you are good and do certain things, or if you're bad. Like I mean, yeah. depending on what what their character but classes there, there or is, choices or yeah. like per personality and there are crafting mechanics and he said it's not going to be anything like over the top like you're gonna need a fire you're gonna, you're gonna need wood you're gonna have to have a way to make a fire you're gonna need it at some point you're gonna yeah. have to find food you're gonna have to build beds you're gonna have to do certain things so your characters don't just die of the psychological trauma of all the people and, and things that are dying outside yeah um and yeah, so it sounds like, he's like, I know this sounds very depressing, but he's like, there are really good, fun moments in the game, I promise. There will be moments where you do things right and things seem a little bit better, or you survive and you realize, you know, that you've made it. And it does get released this year, and they, this is the great thing. They said they specifically, it's being made for mobile platforms because the way that it's viewed, it's perfect for tablet and stuff. He said there will never be microtransactions for it. He's like... It, there's no point in this game if you could just buy extra food and supplies right off the bat. He's like, that would defeat the entire purpose. They will never have microcredit transactions. Yeah. So I just want to state that. Like, he's dead serious about no, it. No, it's a really cool game, and, and we're going to keep in contact with him because he uh, gave us all of his information, and we're going to potentially be um, having a uh, beta test with this with this game. Wow, very cool. Yeah. Okay. So, a beta test with Brandon. Yeah. Uh, so then we went up to Deep Silver, the guys who do Saints Row. We saw Dead Island 2. Now, the original Dead Island wowed us with a gorgeous trailer and underwhelmed with the... Uh, what? what uh, I, I personally haven't played it, but we, we had a review on the, site, on the site back in like 2011 or something, and I guess the, the, the... It was generally mediocre. Most people thought that it was just a mediocre game. They thought that it was going to be based off of the trailer and of that world, but it never ended up... It was different. It was yeah. not... It was just... 
it was not what the trailer ended. Uh, and it was, I had it, was, it, had it, was it, pretty buggy too. Had it be, first... yeah. But Dead Island Two, uh, a completely opposite of the emotional, horrifying trailer from the first one. Total comedy, and uh, maybe even like uh, there was a voice, some voice acting at the very end of it. Might even actually hint to Jack Black being in it. It's possible. Kind of sounds like him. Uh, this game is uh, fast and funny, and it's it not takes place in California yeah. in really nice areas. Well, yeah, it's uh, it's uh, various locations all over California, from like like San Francisco, it's Hollywood uh, Hills. Yeah, uh, and it has a cast of characters that's that's very interesting. Uh, you play as one of four different people who are immune to infection, and and you wanna you wanna jump in and beat the shit out of zombies for you know. Be- because you, because California is a quarantine zone, and you're taking it back because you can be a king in this land of the dead, and uh, you hang out with a uh, scruffy looking like hippie va- hippie with a van guy, Max, or kind of like like rocker. Max. Yeah, his name is, his name is Max. He's like some kind of like like hippie rocker type with a van who could be the Jack Black character uh, if that's in fact a thing that's happening. And um, and uh, he he is not immune, but he's your wheel man, and he takes you from place to place, and he has a cat. And that cat is the first cat to have ever been mo-capped. In a video game. <laughs> in a video, in a video game, game. In a video game. I mean, I don't know about real life. They said in a game. I, I don't know beyond okay, that. that. That might be an important distinction. Wh- what's the cat's name? It's Fluffy something. No, it's Rick Fury. Rick Furry. Rick, Rick Furry. Furry. Rick Furry. He kind of has a dark, one dark eye, so you figure and, and, it out. And the cat has like like dyed neck scruff. So you figure out what cat. that's supposed to be. And it, it seems it seems really like the game has a lot of character. So we saw um, they showed us a live demo of the game, and it it was a, it was an older demo. Apparently, it's it's been several generations from what we saw. Um, uh, what we saw was late twenty thirteen. Yeah. Um, but even that uh, was good. So it had some had some glitches. Still needed some polish, but. The gameplay looked like really fun, really interactive. Well, they told us something amazing, which is that they said when it gets released, every single zombie is going to look completely different. Every single one in the game is going to be procedurally generated to look different. And they can have like thousands on the screen. Yeah, they said no two will repeat. You will not have the same exact zombie. We were not seeing that version yet because it wasn't activated. Yeah. Um, another thing is uh, we we watched the entire demo and was like, it's great. And they're like, okay... That's not actually what the graphics are going to look like. And then they showed us a sample video of the, like the Unreal 4 engine they were going to use when it's it, done. Yeah, they, they showed us the uh, video from the most recent build. and Holy, it, holy shit. crap. I was like, oh, this looks like a nice Dead, Ri- or Dead Island game. And then they show the new engine. I'm like, holy fuck, how is that going to run even on next gen? I don't know. But it, it looks is. that good. It looks good if you're just watching it. I don't know how you're supposed to play and run through that shit. But yeah, no, it's, a, it's an interesting game that has... Uh, um, Using the environments for your advantage, like you, they kept, they lit this field of overgrown grass, like overgrown weeds on fire. And it spread um, to trees and, and bushes. It, it, yeah, and it spread to trees and bushes and the zombies got, you know, engulfed by the fire. And then there was this one zombie who was chasing him and he just kicked him into the fire to have <laughs> him continue to burn. Um, and then also there's a crafting aspect to the game. Um, that we didn't quite get to see, but you can combine certain weapons and it's certain just like the other one, like certain items, and, and yeah, to make to make an even more interesting uh, weapons and items. So well, what is, it looks pretty. It looks pretty cool. It, it, what's it, new to the game is dual wielding, and there there are literally uh, thousands of items. Yeah, so you could have a machete and a shotgun if you wanted, which is awesome. It, it's a it a lot of things could still go wrong. Sure, uh, but but all in all, what we saw looks like a huge step up. 
and like a very a much more stylized uh and conceptual like it's a fresher everything about it's fresher uh, they they have like a, an, an, an I forget who what her name was but they have an I- Emmy award winning writer on this uh, and uh, for what that's worth <laughs> and and it it looks it looks like it could be a great game it really it really could yeah a few new elements that separate it from um, from the old one is that you can craft anywhere now not just at like craft benches and I'm not sure how it worked in the first game but in this one you can have um, eight players just drop into the map uh, whenever and they can you can kill each other so you can either play nice with them or fuck with them and they will try to kill you. So you can play the entire map, the same map, the same game with people online. Yeah. And, and the dudes who are doing the live demo of it, like they it could you could tell they actually genuinely love playing the game. Like they were they were goofing around with each other while we were like watching them do it. They just <laughs> they just really love playing even the build from 2013. Well, there's yeah. a time where there's a part in the game where they turn on the um the record player and they're just playing Love is in the Air as you were just slaughtering like 100 zombies. It was yeah. it was a really great moment. Yeah. No, it was fun. Did did uh did they do the first Dead Island? I think so, yeah. I think so. Yeah, it was the same people because they mentioned how they made that first trailer. They, however, they did get a new a, a new studio has joined on with them. Jaeger, which is why they were hand, uh, spelled differently, but they were handling handing out little bottles of Jaeger, which was great. Oh, I still have one. <laughs> <laughs> so. And they also did Saints Row Four, right? Yeah. yeah, Deep Silver, and and I guess it shows that they can take series and make them better. Yeah, you know, like. and the only two completely different series. It's great that they can diversify. The only thing that I had an issue with was that. And, you know, it's just a little odd, um, is that all of the zombies uh, were generally Caucasian. The character that you were playing with in the in the uh, demo in the demo was Caucasian. All the NPCs that you spoke to were Caucasian. And then these bandits show up that are going to fuck up the player's shit. Like, they're, they're you know, regular players. They're regular people, not infected. They're the ones who are attacking all of the other um, non-zombie uh, 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 people of of in California, and the bandits were black. So what Are does that mean? Sure, I wasn't paying. I'm a hundred percent positive. I swear there was one dead nope. one on the ground that he picked a crossbow up from. Yeah, yeah, he was a dead bandit, not yeah. a zombie, a dead bandit. Yeah, he was. All white. of the bandits were black. I don't know. Yes, I didn't. I wasn't paying attention. You sure they weren't in like ski masks? I, I actually I couldn't I couldn't see that far into the screen. He, he never got close to him that I recall, so I I, I didn't I wasn't really. You could see them out the window. You could see yeah. them driving up in the car. Well, good thing it's not All the final version. So, right. I'm just saying, if they keep that in the game, then we're gonna we're gonna say some shit. Sure. But yeah, I mean that that's, but, that 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 uh, uh you know not ca- that we're trying ca- to start something. Caucasian Anglocentricity is is you know unrealistic, especially you know I mean like if you're if. If you're gonna play in Los Angeles, like it's a melting pot, so it better. Well, we're we're, we're recording in Los Angeles, guys. It's, it's real life sound. Someone effects. just got shot. The zombie yeah. apocalypse is here. Yeah, it's actually happening. Uh, <laughs> so after Dead Island Two, mm-hmm. one last one last thing we had time to visit today. It was a biggie. Yep, we uh, we went to Warner Brothers, guys, and uh, we uh, we saw. Batman: Arkham Knight and MKX. And, yeah, Mortal, Mortal Kombat, Kombat X. X. And that's all we're gonna say. No, no, no. Sorry. Uh, this, is, uh, this is some content that we saw that is not being shown anywhere currently, aside from in that theater. Um, and, uh, man, okay, let's start with, with, with Batman. Holy shit. If it, like, the biggest criticism of um, Arkham, uh, well, Arkham and, and Arkham City uh, was that after a while, the play style got repetitive. 
Um, well, let's say before we even got to the game, you walked by a hallway that had figures of characters from Arkham Knight, and what yeah. was in those figures? I don't know what this was, and this happened the very end of the day, so when when we were done with these screenings, everybody was done. The, the, the whistle was blown, everybody was off work, so I couldn't ask anybody about this, but there were these figurines um, that were clearly in the style of Arkham City's designs, among which was a Green Lantern. And a I don't looking green lantern. A, a shirtless green lantern with a lantern logo emblazoned upon his chest. I don't know who it was. It was I mean it was white, so I guess it could be Hal Jordan. It could but be it, Kyle Rayner. It looked like he was going to be in the game because he was with a bunch of other characters. I based on what they've shown us so far, that would seem completely wrong because it seems so grounded they wouldn't ever want to include a character like Green Lantern or Superman or Flash. That's what I saw, guys. I cannot, for the life of me, explain it. Well, I mean, this seems like this might be the last of the Batmans. They, they've already announced it. So if this is the last yeah. of the Batmans, maybe they're going to do Green Green Lantern. He looked like a, an evil Green Lantern, though. Not a good one. He looked like he was a bad guy. I don't know. He might just be a little fucked yeah, up. I have no clue, guys. So speculation. Yeah. So now getting to actually back Batman Arkham Knight. The play style for, for Batman, it, it, it's, it's gotten repetitive over the years. Um, but this, man, it... Everything we saw here just like looked like everything that was successful about the Arkham games originally, completely updated, like more dynamic than ever conceivably. I mean, it's just, it's ridiculous how reactive the dynamic battling system is, that you can move through enemies. Um, oh, he took, he did, there's a thing called like fear takedowns where he took down like three or four guys at once. It's, um, it's a lot to even explain. I might just be doing a terrible job right now. Basically, Batman's interaction with the environment and, and the characters and his equipment, Batmobile included, happens in such a dynamic, dynamic cinematic way that uh, basically the, the thing's just running all the possibilities for you doing something awesome at all times. And if you time it right, it will happen. And, and it looks like it might be difficult to do, but they, one of the big things they're, they're toting here is that the environmental... Or take effects. downs. Yeah, you, yeah. Can, you can basically um, interact with the environment a lot in this game. There was a scene where they showed us a little battle in a room, and he took one enemy, literally sh- ran his head into an electrical box as a move, like threw another guy into a bench, then jumped up to the lantern on the ceiling and pulled it down into someone's head. Yeah, like all like like within like two seconds. It was awesome. It was really yeah. awesome. It, it it and it's gorgeous. So it's not just like oh he's beating everyone up. He's like. Throwing yeah. lights and shit into someone like this, stylishly. This game is gorgeous. Graphics I mean, are unbelievable. It's unbelievable the stuff that they're doing on this next gen, current gen, whatever. The Batmobile has like a hook that can pull the street up to make a ramp and open doors and shit. Yeah, no, Holy I mean, crap. and the Batmobile looks great. I mean, like everything looks great. Like Batman was just like standing up on top of a roof, like as you know Batman does. And the he they just looked over the city and the gorgeous. moon was gorgeous. There was there was dynamic lightning that was catching on the water that was reflecting off of his uh his suit because he was because it was raining so that lightning was reflecting off of the the water on his uh his suit his cape was slowly rippling and it wasn't as if his cape was all just one piece of fabric there were all little bumps that happens you when you won't even believe these cape, cape effects son it was oh, incredible yeah. there's uh, another new feature which is the uh, batmobile takedown so you can remotely control the Batmobile when you're not even in it, but aside from that, if you're fighting anywhere near the Batmobile, you can send it command. So there's a scene where he just, like, they punch a guy or kicks a guy into he the air, him in, in and then the, the, air, the Batmobile yeah. fires at the guy in the air that he commanded it to and just, just kicked the shit out of him. I, Batman's killing a lot of people. 
Just saying. He's, He's killed a hundred people. It's, it's, all, it's all concussive. They're complete, completely non-lethal. Like that part when the Batmobile shot missiles at tanks full of people and blew them up. I, those people are not alive. That was weird, actually. Cause Unless like, they're robots. Like, there was a part where the Batmobile was fighting tanks and it did just straight up turn into a tank game. Don't forget when Michael Keaton was Batman. He had bombs come out and blow up a whole factory with, I think, people in it. Although, the tank game looks pretty cool. Sure. Yeah, it's, it's just it's weird because it's like it kind of stuck out like a sore thumb from everything else, including the other parts of the Batmobile. Well, the thing is, is it didn't seem like you had to. Like you could probably get out and try to fight a tank. You but can't fight a tank with just yeah, Batman. Yeah, you have to use the car. That's Batman. It's Batman. <laughs> I mean, come on. I'm you sure. Can fight a tank. I'm sure if you you can hop up on top of one and drop some grenades down, I'm sure they'll let you do that. But yeah. it, but it basically turns but into there like were, a hovercraft. There were like tank seven now. tanks though. Yeah. Yeah, there was a part where there's this whole army of tanks, and, and you're like, oh, well, guess what? I'm a hover tank too, bitch, and yeah. <laughs> that, that's essentially all I can describe. The, the Batmobile also... No, you want to yeah. get up to the top of a building? It'll drive your Batmobile real fast and then eject out of it. You're gliding, motherfucker! Yeah, yeah. you can you can shoot yourself out of the Batmobile based on the momentum. So if Yeah, you, you really keep the fast, momentum that, you're, that the Batmobile is doing. So now you can pretty, pretty much launch yourself from other... There's new that's grappling cool. hooks... Also, they said they added, because it's on a next-gen system, they added a whole other layer to the um, the height of the level. So whereas you could go to the top of buildings and stuff in the other games, this one is like two to three times taller. Like, the buildings are so massive, there's just a whole other layer that you can get to that you couldn't before. Yeah. And so, they have all new grappling hooks for that and stuff. Scarecrow is a heavy focus of this game, but also one of the primary antagonists is a character calling himself the Arkham Knight, who's some kind of Batman-esque masked camo fella. Yeah, the Arkham Knight is not Batman. Yeah. It, we, I, you, you look at the title and you think, ah, oh, Batman surely must be the Arkham Knight, for he is a knight in Arkham. Uh, but... <laughs> Uh, you know, on occasion when he's when he's visiting, um, <laughs> it, but it, but it's this other guy who clearly has a vengeance thing going on. He maybe he's somebody from uh, from the previous Arkham games who's now got a new moniker. They're saying that it's a new character, but he wears a mask, uh, so it's got to be. There's got to be a point. I, I'm thinking like the, a reveal is going to be really important. So it's either going to be a character who actually was present, maybe just a regular human character in the previous games, or a character from. Uh, the Batman series that people will recognize. I, I think Jason Todd is an easy pick for it. Um, maybe that's maybe that's good enough, or maybe that's that's too likely. You know, maybe that's that's a red herring. Yeah, because there was uh, conversations where uh, he shows up. Batman when Batman first shows up, uh, the Arkham Knight shows up in a, in a in a helicopter and has Batman in his sights, and you go into the cockpit with the bat with the Arkham Knight. Um, and who ends up speaking to Scarecrow over the radio, and Scarecrow's like, no, you need to leave him be, you know, you'll get your chance for revenge, but we need to do, take care of this now, and stuff like that, and, and the Arkham Knight was really pissed that he oh, wasn't yeah. able to kill and, him. And later, like, he tells the soldiers how to get past Batman's defenses. He's like, don't aim for the symbol on his chest, that's, like, the most... That's the strongest it's a trap. Part, yeah. Aim for the, where they meet the joints, like, in the knees and, like, over... And, like, in his shoulders. Like, that's where you want to shoot. So he clearly knows a lot about Batman. And Batman doesn't know who the fuck he is. Exactly. Yeah. So it's really... It, I don't know. We'll see. It, it it looks great. It looks exactly what you would expect. It looks like I'm watching a really awesome episode of the animated series, but I can play it. Yeah. Rocksteady's back at the helm, so you can't go wrong. If you love the first two games, this one looks like a thousand times better. Yeah. Well, how about that mobile prison in, in the back of the Batmobile? <laughs> he's, got, he's got these two chairs that will come out and turn sideways, and you can put people in them to rescue them, but you can also just... Hold people in there as a prison. Yep. So it's really funny. Yeah, they said that that would be a way that you could potentially be collecting like supervillains and putting them in there. And then, <laughs> just lock them like you lock the penguin it. in the back of the back of the Batmobile, and then he, and then you have to take him back to to Arkham Asylum. 
Uh, who knows? So. Uh, then we saw the finale of the day, Mortal Kombat X. Now, uh... Mortal Kombat! Yeah. Now, Matt, you're a huge Mortal Kombat fan. Mm-hmm. This is a big deal for you. Yeah, no, it is. Especially after a, a very good return to form in the last game, going back to a t- 2D plane. And, uh, they did it well. And, yeah. And this one looks like it's, 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 it's innovating, New characters. I think out of the... They showed off six today. Or at least mentioned six. They showed off four. Yeah. Uh, the only, you know, Scorpion and Sub-Zero were the only, like, returning characters. Yeah. Shout out, uh, Sonya and Johnny Cage finally got together. Yeah. Obviously, I, I, they had to have screwed at least once. So right. Johnny but got but Johnny, didn't, Johnny didn't wrap it up. Johnny didn't wrap it up. <laughs> yeah. Johnny didn't use a Johnny. Wait, what's their daughter's name? Casey or Cassie? I forgot. Cage. I think it's Cassie Cage. I think it's Cassie Cage. Cassie yeah. Cage. She's chewing bubblegum. She's looking tough. She's like she's like, she's oh, maybe man. like uh, you know 18, 21, something like that. They, she, yeah. she didn't yeah. seem too young. They also so uh, I, I don't know how long ago they knocked boots, but it's been a while. And she uses guns. I saw that part at least. She has guns. Yeah, I have a feeling she's gonna end up having like she's gonna be like a, com- a combination of moves between the two. That she's the new striker, man. Yeah. She's the new striker, y'all. Nobody, <laughs> nobody can replace striker. <laughs> <laughs> but um, they showed that Aztec warrior, like Kotal Khan. Oh my god, Kotal Khan, yeah. He has a fatality where he just holds the heart out and drips blood all over his face. And he and drinks it. He's fucking loving that shit. But um, one of the, one of the cool things that I thought they did in this preview um was they showed a video during like E three that everyone could see like the fatality. Where Scorpion like shoots a hole through Sub Zero, but you didn't actually see the rest of it. I don't think they showed. No, us the they, they, they showed. That's not the end. There's, of the a, fatality. there's this funny part. He shoots a hole. The heart dangles down out of the cavity. But that's not the that's end. That's not the end. Holy yeah. shit! That's not the end. It's fucked up. They what happens is Scorpion jumps up with a sword, slices the first part of Sub Zero's face off. His mask falls off. You can see his actual face. His face slides off, and he hits the floor. And you just see his brains and part of his tongue just flapping. And you see inside of their skull as blood drips out. And his brain kind of slips like, out of sags out, and the sags out of his head. The like, tongue the is floor. just a flap in his throat. Yeah, the half, of it, the half of his tongue is just flapping around. So that's the finish of that fatality that you didn't get to see. And I see why they didn't show it. I don't think it was safe for television. <laughs> it's, um, it's not safe for anybody. Yeah, it was really fucked it's up. It's genuinely disturbing. They, they as, showed us a lot of fatalities. As was the fatality where they um, the, the Master Blaster character sliced the bug lady in half. Oh yeah, that was pretty great. My god, straight down the middle. Uh, all the new characters are fucking brilliant. Like, like it, it's, it's It's interesting because it does embody everything that I loved about Mortal Kombat as a little kid. Like, I wasn't good at the game at all. I was garbage. But... Like, and the game didn't have a great story, but it had enough, like, it was, it didn't, you know, there wasn't anything there. It was just, it was just, just enough information. Just enough information to be exciting. The backgrounds are cool. You could imagine the rest, right? Mm-hmm. And this has all of that. Like, or you can jump off the backgrounds and, and there's, shit. There's so much character in the landscapes, not just because they're interactive. Uh, and the, the new characters really feel like the, the crazy shit that made Mortal Kombat seem so cool. Mm-hmm. But another interesting thing was they they added that you were saying before spill that or a while ago that in the old Mortal Kombat games I don't remember which number but you could change the style of weapon yeah the like the PlayStation while fighting the PlayStation Two Xbox original Xbox era like there were, those games all of the characters featured fighting styles that you could change on the fly in the middle of a fight they've gone one step 
kind I don't know, further or back. But what they what they've done so you can't just change mid battle is every single character from what they've shown us has at least starting off three different ways to play that character. Kind of additions to that character. So for instance they showed us uh sub zero, you could choose for him to have ice swords, like that come out of his hands. You could choose for him to actually have special moves involving an ice shield, or you could choose for him to have special moves that what was the third one? Oh, he could make the, the clone of himself and like throw it and do all sorts of things. So it actually changes the move set of each character. Yeah, Every character is like, different one. They're basically they're they're cl- class based fighter in some way. Like some some class, you know, like scorpion will be always on fire or drag demons out of hell yeah. or use like swords. It's really cool. And it also changes their physical. Uh, oh yeah, skin yeah, it completely well. change. It changes uh, the physicalities of the characters when you when you select these different traits. Well, what would you think about that, Matt? I mean, that that's a, an interesting step. It, it looks like it, it looks like a good direction. I think. Um, well, I guess what was weird is is it didn't seem like there was ever a, a standard one. You know, they were right. all they all were vastly different and vastly specialized. And I don't know what you that couldn't means like. For. You couldn't not choose one. Yeah, you know, to have you know, it, it the, just changed like the skill set really. Yeah, well, they mentioned like the one for the I can't remember the the master blaster or you know yeah uh, I don't remember the name but yeah turns one, out it's not a kid the, turns out it's a lady by the way one of the classes you're continually taking a small amount of damage in order to increase your damage output well no it makes it so there's a move so the girl on top stabs you and takes a huge chunk and then yeah it makes and then, you, it makes you makes twice you as powerful, strong for yeah. a while so like it, it's like you know they're not. It's not just a skill set; it can also affect the technically the amount of health you have. Yeah, and the strategy that yeah. was very yeah. unconventional. Yeah, very. So it's it made uh, Devora had one where it's like she's just all of her attacks with her tentacles at least or whatever those stingers were were just all poison. Yeah, that, one of the interesting one of the scorpion ones is that he is engulfed in flame, and that means that anytime you are fighting close combat against scor- that scorpion, you're taking a little bit of damage from his fire. And it is a move he has to activate. They didn't really see how long it lasts. Or maybe it just lasts once you activate it. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure. But yeah. It, it, I don't know. It, it'd be interesting to see that if it affects their x-ray or fatality skill set. I don't oh, know. Well, we don't know. Oh, don't know. and also the scripting at the beginning of the... the yeah, that, that, was, that was my favorite part, was that the short conversations that characters had from the last game where they addressed each other, or actually they didn't really address each other, they just had, you know, a catchphrase. Like, you won't beat me, or yeah, you're exactly. going down. That, that these were actually scripted so that they react to, they respond to each other's insults and also address each other by name. So when Scorpion sees Sub-Zero, he, he does, he's like, Sub-Zero, you know, he's pissed off, you know, that he's fighting his arch nemesis. So it it that that's a welcome addition too to bring you more into that the ridiculous story that is Mortal Kombat. <laughs> yeah, what a wonderful ridiculous. It, I I want a Shang Tsung character. I can't wait to see who the fuck it, it is. It's crazy. It it just seems like so everything is shown so far. I hope they don't screw it up. It seems like a perfect embodiment of everything that Mortal Kombat's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. I would probably get this one if it's if if it remains as good as what I've seen or even better. I would probably purchase it. I, and I haven't been too heavy on the fighting games lately, but I would totally get that one if it's if it's as good as I saw. I was like, the only problem I had with the last one was was uh, online. Man, kids are good these days. Huh. Holy <laughs> shit! Like I would get. Did they do that? Did they do the tripping thing? I thought whoop, 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 no, they're whoop, just finishing. Really, really good, and I thought I was good at the most recent one. But man, they would just flawless my ass every fucking round. You do realize playing any game online these days? It's like, yeah, that's true. Let me jump in a fa- battlefield. Oh, sniped. Right, let me get into a plane. Sniped. 
Let me play a fighting game online. I didn't even get a punch in. Mm-hmm. What the fuck? You need to practice 100 hours a day without a job. Yeah. A day, 100 hours. Do it. <laughs> Do it. Go. Make it happen. So, so that was the end of E3, but one thing that happened beyond E3 is they were distributing alpha codes for Destiny. I played the alpha. That's right. The alpha has been played by Brandon. Brandon. Holy shit. Whatever you thought Destiny was, it's at least that good, if not better. Basically, there was only a few areas available, but there was like one straightforward mission and one huge landscape. And there are several planets up there that you can choose from, but, but the only thing that was active in the alpha was this one planet. And I got lost for hours. There's buildings, there's fields, there's real-time events where tanks come down, and you'll just see other players doing shit in missions and quests. And there's a lot of stuff not active, because it's alpha, but you'll just see random players, tons of players doing their own thing, and you can meet up with them, you can join their group. There's real-time events where you'll all just, like, start fighting things. And I, I traveled into a building and found these characters that kicked my ass that I, that I don't think I was supposed to get into, but I did. Um, and you have that little character voice by Peter Dinklage, uh-huh. Um, from, from Game of Thrones, you should know, I'm Tyrion. Um, and he can transform into this really cool hoverbike. You can do it whenever you want, just get on and go. Um, and Peter and, Dinklage yeah. is now your hoverbike. Yeah, Peter Dinklage has a hoverbike. Um, or maybe you just summon a hoverbike. It looks like he turns into him. But, and the tower is the main, you know, focal point. It's like the hub where you'll go to find new items, turn in quests, do like arena battles for points to get cool new class quests randomized items like it just there's so much stuff and there are so many vendors there was like at least 20 vendors that just weren't even activated like the icons weren't even activated you go to buy and like what is this it doesn't work but it's an immense game just the little i did on the one planet took a very long time and it's very beautiful the characters are very customizable i don't even know what the character was called i was playing some sort of techno mage um, you level up very fast because it's the alpha but there's so many customizable options with your moves even using one weapon for a while, it starts to unlock skills and, and traits for that one weapon, as well as whatever upgrades you put on it. So it was a completely, completely awesome game. That's why we gave it one of the Best in Show awards. Yes, uh, Destiny and... Density. Uh, <laughs> and uh, an Alien uh, Isolation, and who could resist the amazing, amazing, amazing destruction... And sex uh, appeal. Chaos and sex appeal of Broforce. Broforce got uh, best in the show. It was an amazing game. It, it's just like, I don't know how to describe it to you. You need to play it to understand why. It's, your, it, it's fucking amazing. It's your Contra Dreams and it's your Contra Nightmares. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's beautiful. So please, please try that. <laughs> so if you like the coverage... Uh, then didn't like the coverage. If you like, if you liked the coverage, then uh, please contribute to Nerdy Show. We're completely listener supported. We rely on you to sustain not just this program, but all the programs on the network. And uh, we're we're throwing a support drive right now for Dungeons and Doritos. It's our tabletop role playing podcast. If you would like to pitch a campaign for us, if you contribute to the show, if you contribute to the network, all you got to do is uh, pitch a campaign, and you can also back a campaign if you like one of the campaigns someone else has pitched. Just uh, make a story for us. Make a thing that we do. And we'll do that thing so well. We got lots of stretch goals we'd like to meet, so you should check those out. Lots of cool perks that you can unlock just for supporting. And uh, also, you should definitely, 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 out of the kindness of your own heart, vote for us in the best of Orlando. It's uh, it's an annual poll that happens every year, and no matter where you live, you can vote for us. Not just Nerdy Show, but our affiliates, A Comic Shop, and uh, Nerdy FM as well. 
Uh, we're all on there. Let's keep Orlando nerdy. Let's keep all these things recognized. That would mean the world to us. And uh, we'll find a link to where you can do that on this episode's page, as well as uh, a list of all the games we've talked about. And uh, you can find all of our podcasts, all of our videos, current and forthcoming, at nerdyshow.com slash E3 2014. And, of course, there'll be a link in this episode's page. Yep, all those video interviews, they're all going to be there, coming yeah. soon. Yeah, a lot of them will be coming tomorrow, which is Friday, and then. but uh, just uh, keep checking over the weekend, and you'll be able to see a lot of the interesting stuff that we have done at E3 in video format, not just in the audio format that you are listening to now. Yeah, here are insights directly from the creative team. And I interviewed people, it was great. Yay, me! You Yay, did it. Brandon! I'm happy Brandon. good at reading. Well, I may also not be good at interviewing. Anyway. Ha-ha! <laughs> See ya. Bye, I'm Cap. Bye, I'm Brandon. Bye, I'm Colin. Bye, I'm Matt. (laughs) We're werewolves now. Deal with it. Hey, you. Thanks for listening to Nerdy Show. We mean that. As listener-supported entertainment, we rely on you to keep this and other shows on the Nerdy Show Network alive by telling a friend, rating and reviewing us on iTunes, shopping at nerdyshow.com slash store, or directly donating to the network. Any size contribution gets you exclusive Nerdy Show audio and images and lets you participate in our monthly support drives. Just go to nerdyshow.com slash support to chip in. To find out how you or your company can underwrite this or other Nerdy Show programming, visit nerdyshow.com slash sponsorships. For more episodes of Nerdy Show, as well as other fine programs, community forums, videos, articles, and more, head over to nerdyshow.com. You can subscribe to all Nerdy Show Network podcasts via the iTunes store, and for the latest news, follow us on all your favorite social networks. Someone left cake out in the rain. Oh, MacArthur Park. Don't think I can take it, because it took so long to bake it. It took too long to bake it. And I'd never find that recipe again. Oh no! Original recipe, original spicy recipe. Colonel Sanders original recipe cakes. E three day three. Everyone stop being such a fucking dick. Yeah. Let's get ready to crumble. Willow. Willow. Shit on my dick. Alright. Three, two, one! one. <laughs> I think you should be three, two, one! <laughs> Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award winning movie Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik The Wildest Party Never Told about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.